0: And, you know, you put in 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week and, and you get paid for that. So because of your service, then you get rewarded. Okay, the first and the title of my message, Rewarded for Her Service. <clears throat> we're, obviously, we're talking about a female tonight. And to me, the first title, Rewarded for Her Service, gives the idea that she produces the service first. And then is rewarded later. Does that make sense? And 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 <clears throat> in Luke chapter six, verse thirty eight, it says, Give, and it shall be given you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give to your bosom. For the same measure that ye meet with it shall be measured to you again. Now the prosperity gospel ministers or preachers in our country today <coughs> will, would, will say this if you give, God has to <coughs> give back to you and more. Okay, but we just read give and it shall be given you. Good measure, press down, shake together. And men shall give to your bosom, or, or excuse me, running over. And men shall give to your bosom, for with for with the measure, the same measure that ye meet with with it shall be measured to you again. So, according to this verse, if we give, God has to give back to us. Is that right? I'm going to say that because of the word shall. There you go. Okay. <clears throat> See, <clears throat> the prosperity gospel people preachers in America today, and you can go to the internet and you can watch them all day long. They will tell you, and old Smiley is one of the worst. You know who Smiley is? Joel Olstein. Okay, he's one of the worst. He's a liar. Okay, I'm just telling you. He takes scripture out of context to fit the 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 things that he's trying to say. That is not what God intended at all. But the promise is, if we will give, he will bless in abundance. Is that not the truth? We just read it. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> how then, how then do we Understand how God blesses us. Well, God blesses us in many ways, which the world may not understand. Because when God blesses us, He blesses us spiritually, physically,
1: financially. Hey,
0: Rick. And so God blesses us in many ways. Can you give me some water, please? And we, talk, we talked about some of those uh, Saturday morning. Okay, in First Corinthians chapter three, I believe the the understanding of what Paul was trying to communicate here uh, goes to the understanding of how God blesses. In First Corinthians chapter three, verses twelve to fifteen, it says, "Now if any man build upon <clears throat> this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble." Thank you, Rick. <clears throat> <clears throat> excuse me, what haste double, every man's work shall be made manifest <clears throat> for the day shall declare it because it shall be uh, revealed by fire and the the fire shall try every man's works of what sort it is. <clears throat> if any man man's works abide which he hath built there, thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man uh, man's works shall be burned, uh, he shall suffer loss, but he but he himself shall be saved by fi- uh, saved, so as by fire. So, what is the difference between? Okay, well let, let me let me let me say this. According to this passage, the works that you and I do are one of six things. And it's broken into two categories. The first category we'll we'll say is over here. What is that? Gold, silver, and precious stones. The second category is what? Wood, hay, and stubble. Now, this passage, Paul explains that our works will be tried by fire. So, whatever you do, every work that you do as a believer in Jesus Christ, you will receive one of six things. Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or stubble. Now, what makes the difference between this and this? Okay, all right, too many people here. I heard the Bob, did you say something? Okay. This this one here, if our works are gonna be tried by fire, what's gonna to happen to this group? It's it's gonna it's gonna go up. What's gonna to happen to this group? It's it, it's actually gonna be purified. Okay. So this this group will resist the fire. This group will be consumed by the fire. So, how do we distinguish these two groups? How do I earn this group and not this group? Okay, good try, but no, we determine it. There you go there's a there's a key, there's a key in all of this. <clears throat> and it is the word revealed. I don't know which which verse that was. I think it was uh, thirteen. Is it in thirteen? Yeah. Okay, the word revealed. <clears throat> okay, it says every man's works shall be made manifest. what is what does that statement mean? It's okay, it's gonna be made known, okay? <clears throat> for they for for the for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire so <clears throat> if okay what what qualifies as a work okay help me out anything. okay anything and everything that we what do okay so our our ooh that's hard to say are our works hidden? Sometimes. No. Sometimes they may be, but for the most part, no. So why do they need to be revealed? There you go. What is going to be revealed by the fire? The motivation behind the work. So, if I, uh, I don't know, who can I pick on tonight? Uh, Jonathan's leaving, I can pick on him. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, say, say John, Jonathan, uh, I don't know, uh, he, he, he and, he and uh, uh, Priscilla, Went on a long trip, and they came back, and their car was just absolutely filthy, covered with bugs. Y- y'all know what I'm talking about. And I thought to myself, you know, they're tired. They, they've, they've just gotten back from Montana. It's been a long trip, and <clears throat> I, I want to I, I wanna go over and, and wash this car. And then, and, and then Sunday night... during blessing, you know, uh, testimony time. I'm going to share testimony of what a blessing it was to be a servant to to Jonathan. (laughs) Okay, now, (laughs) what category do you think my work just fell into? Okay, why? Because, Because my motivation was selfish. But what would happen if I happened to drive by their house, I saw their car, and I thought, wow, what a mess. And I went home and got a bucket and a sponge, came back, washed this car without him even knowing it, without telling a soul, where do you think my works would end up? Okay, we do have control. I was thinking you were a trespasser, Okay. See, see the, the the idea here of what's going to be revealed is the motivation behind the work. See, because we cannot see each other's hearts. We can see the works that each of of us do, but we cannot see the motivation behind it. And that, my friend, is going to be what is going to be revealed. That's a scary thought. So, having said all that... (laughs) really making you feel horrible 2 <laughs> Kings chapter 4 and let's start reading in verse 8 and it fell on a day that Elisha passed to to Shunem where was a great woman and she constrained him to eat bread excuse me and so it was <clears throat> that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set uh, set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall <clears throat> be when he cometh uh, to us, that he shall turn in hither. And it fell on on a day that he came thither, and he turned in to the chamber, and he lay there. And he said unto Gehazi, Ge, Gehazi, his servant, call this the Shunammite. <clears throat> and when he hath called her, she stood before him, and he said unto her uh, unto him, and he said unto him. Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldst thou uh, be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, And I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily she hath no child and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. <clears throat> and when he had called her, she stood in the door, and he said, "And he said, Be, uh, About this season, according uh, to the time uh, of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, <clears throat> thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so very much for this day and thank you for your love, for the work that you do in our lives and for helping us uh, to walk with you. Help us, dear God, to get a, get a hold of this very, very important um, concept of the blessings that you pour out upon us. Help us, dear God, to walk with you for its in Christ's name we pray amen there's an important concept here that I that I want you hopefully to get a hold of and that is that she did not come to Elijah Elisha to be ministered to but she went to minister now do you understand the title of the sermon Reward for her service. See, in in which of these two categories do you believe the works that that we just read about, which of these two categories do you believe that her works would be be in? This one or this one? Why? Okay, it goes to the motivation. It goes to the motivation. And in verse 8, we see what I call the invitation. And it says, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed uh, to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. The word constrained there is an interesting word. It, It literally means to be strong, firm, or resolute. In other words, she was not going to take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Another way we put it, she was probably a little on the pushy side. <laughs> Just saying, okay? <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> well, we're, we're getting there, okay? We're, <laughs> we're getting there. Uh, not Not pushy. She wasn't great because she was pushy, okay? <laughs> Let me... <laughs> She had a burden to help meet the needs of Elisha. That is an honorable burden to carry. <clears throat> she went to her husband with her burden, and they decided to build a chamber specifically to meet the needs <clears throat> of this prophet I, I, some of you that have been in other churches may this this term may be familiar to you. But ha- have any of you ever heard of a prophet's chamber? Okay, it comes from from this uh, from this passage. And <clears throat> these are often uh, small apartments that churches will add onto their church, or, or sometimes they're in the church, sometimes they're outside. I, I have a friend that that uh, goes to a church in North Carolina, and um, the house next door to the church uh, uh, became available. They bought it and they turned it into a prophet's chamber. And <clears throat> I, I want you to pay attention here because this is really really important. They didn't they didn't just build a thing on the side of the house and stick a bed in it. They she had a burden to meet his needs. So what went into the house? A, a, a bed, a table, and, 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 a, and a stool? Uh, and, and a candle, okay? Uh, <clears throat> this, this would indicate that it was not just a place to sleep. And oftentimes... <clears throat> As, Eli- as Elisha traveled, he would stay in different people's homes along the way. Um, the hotels were not as frequent as they are today. And the custom in the day was, especially for the high priest, was that if he was passing through town, all he had to do is walk up to a house and say, hey, I'm spending the night. And, and they would say, oh, please come in. <laughs> Why do you think they would do that? Okay. Part of it was respect. You know, they, they were definitely not going to turn away the high priest. Okay. Uh, very, very superstitious people, the Jews were. But the important thing that I, that I want to get across here is she was not just trying to, 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 to get a bedroom for him, but a place that, that would meet his needs. I want to illustrate that by <clears throat> telling you a story. back well, I guess it's been about two years now, my wife and I um, wanted and needed to get away for a little while and <clears throat> were you know, just finances. It, it was just it was not convenient, so to speak. You know what I mean. You know, going going away for a week at a hotel, you're you're at minimum a hundred bucks a night, plus food and, and everything else, and it just it it just was not gonna work. And I was talking to a friend of mine and he, he told me about an organization. I, I can't remember the name of the organization, but anyway, it's a it's an organization set up that it ministers to pastors and their families that need a vacation. And there, there are these people all over the country that have built prophets chambers that rent them for almost nothing to, to pastors only to pastors and people in ministry, so my wife and I uh, last year were able to go to Fort Bragg, California, and we found out once we got there that this this couple <coughs> built a a, a garage with an apartment above the garage. It wasn't fancy by any means, but it was comfortable. It was, it, was, it was exactly what I picture here, something very useful, very comfortable, and it overlooked the ocean. And it was incredibly peaceful. And we were able to go there for a week, and, and, and God <clears throat> was able to, to refresh me and, and, and my wife, but me, me, me mostly, me. Why is that so important? Anybody? Cat- pastors oftentimes carry a huge burden. And, and <clears throat> I am not trying in any way, shape, or form to, to have the finger pointed at me, but I'm, 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 what I'm trying to do is trying to convey the importance of what this woman had done. Can you imagine... Can you imagine for one second the burdens that Elisha carried being the high priest of a nation? I can't imagine those kind of burdens. And for some reason, this woman was able to identify that and through prayer, I believe prayer, God started working in her heart, and she came up with a solution to help lighten the burden. Why do we, and I mean all of us, why do we so often fail to recognize the burdens that other people carry? We are so consumed with our own burdens. And this, and we're going to talk about it here in, in, in length, but why was she called a great woman? Because she was able to detach herself from her own problems and get consumed and focus on somebody else's problems and then come up with a solution to fix those problems. See, I think, well... <clears throat> Uh, point number two, <laughs> let's look at her character, okay, her character. She is called a great woman, and I don't believe it, she was called a great woman because she was uh, wealthy or influential or, or anything like that. I believe she was, she was called a great woman <clears throat> for several reasons. One of them is because she was great in hospitality, She was great in hospitality. The New New Testament commends this characteristic. Hospitality literally means the lover of strangers. In Romans chapter 12, verses 10 to 13, it says, Be be kindly affectionate one to another, with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Not slothful, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope. Excuse me, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, uh, <coughs> distributing uh, uh, to the necessities of the saints, and given to hospitality. Again, what is was hospitality? Hospitality is is recognizing and being willing to help meet the needs of people around us and it's obvious that this is a characteristic that this, this lady had Titus chapter 1 verses 7 and 8 says for a bishop or a pastor must be blameless as a, as a steward of God not self-willed not soon angry not given to wine not no striker not given to filthy lucre but a lover of what hospitality a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, and temperate. See, it's in the qualification of a pastor to, to exhibit the, 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 the characteristic of hospitality. Why? Because if a pastor gets turned inward, is he going to be a very good pastor? No, no he's not. And the reality is, for you and for me, when we get turned inward, we fail to see the needs of others, and when we fail to see the needs of others, we will then fail to meet the needs of others. <clears throat> Secondly, we see that she was great in discernment. In verse nine, she recognizes him as a holy man of God. You know, she realized that this was that 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 that, that the power of God was on this man, and that there was something special. And she recognized, and I believe by understanding that he was the holy man of God through I believe through the spirit of God she realized the burdens that he carried and he needed a place where he could go and where he knew he would be able to just sit and sometimes pray and study and just and just unwind and get all get all of the frustrations out You know, I have thought often of the the couple in in Fort Bragg that had that that prophet's chamber. And I thought, you know, and we've we've only been there once, and and it was such a blessing. It was at a time where, um, I I don't know that the, the 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 burdens and the load that I was carrying was heavy, and I just needed to get away, and just be able to spend some time with God, and and and. The fact that I was able to go to this place and 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 sit at the at the at the window and it was in it was in January, so it was really cold. So I sat inside looking at the ocean, and um, but it was just it was it was that peaceful environment where I could just get away. And I thought, wow, what a blessing that was to me. But the reality is, every pastor that stays there, it's got to be a blessing to them too. And here this, this, this woman, this, this, this Shunammite woman, was, was so in tune to the needs of others that she was not only willing to help meet those needs, <clears throat> but that she was willing to, to financially go, go and do the extra, the extra mile, if you would, by actually adding on and building on to this, to her home. Another way that she was great, she was great through her husband. And I appreciate the fact that she consulted with her husband before building the chamber. And the implication here is, and, and I believe this to be true, but it, it, to me it clearly implies that if her husband had said, no, I'm not putting out that kind of money to do that, I, I believe that it would not have been done. And I, and I want to share this, and because oftentimes <clears throat> we can get our our... our our theology mixed up a little bit on this thing because we, we think here that she was the great one and he was a not so great one. Can we not think that? We can think, oh, well, he's, man, she, you know, God, God gave her a baby and all this stuff. And what did he do? He did nothing. No, no. She was great because they were a couple. It does not mean that he was any less of a godly person at all, any way, shape, or form. The only difference between him and her that I can see in the scripture is that God put the burden on her heart and not his. But when he was asked about it, he complied very happily. And I believe that she was great, not because of she was a single, independent woman, but she was great because she was a couple, and she had a husband that walked with God as well. Another way that she was great, she was great in her service. Look at verse 13. And he said unto her, uh, uh, and, and he said uh, unto him, saying, uh, <clears throat> unto her, Behold, thou has been uh, careful for us with all this care. Now <clears throat> th- these words are, are very specific that she was careful. What 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 kind of idea does that does that give you? Yes, thought about it. Okay, she thought about it. She she came up with a game plan so to speak. Uh, She it was she was very careful. She 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 probably it was a lot like my wife and very, very meticulous and everything had to fit into a little cube and and so on and so forth. And the fact is that she took the time to plan. She was great in her service. Mark chapter 14, verse 8 says, She hath done what she could. She has come aforetime to anoint uh, my body to the burning. Now, I I don't want to get into the the context of the passage and all that. I really just wanted to draw out the one phrase, she hath done what she could. Think about that. I don't know about you, but I believe that When my life is over, at least at this point in my life, I would not be able to say I did everything that I could do because I know me and I'm selfish. And there are times I do what I want to do, not what I could do. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 15 to 17. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanas, that is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that ye you submit yourselves unto such, and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. I am glad of the coming of Stephanas, Fortunus and Achaicus, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. What, uh, this, this passage of Scripture was, was an incredibly important passage of Scripture in my life when I was a missionary because I realized it was this passage that God helped me realize, you know what, God has given me a certain set of talents and abilities to build things and do things that other people do not have. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't even let Danny look at the tools on, on Saturday. Um, but my, my point is this each and every one of us is gifted in ways that only you possess. And in this passage, uh, these, these three people Stephanus, Fortunus, and Achaicus they help meet the needs of Paul. Because these three people, I believe, they, I believe them to be men, I'm not sure with those kind of names, who knows. But I love that the sentence, it says, for that which was lacking on, they, on their part, they have supplied." How many times have you been lacking and somebody step up and fill the gap for you? See, and that is exactly what this Shunammite woman did she stepped in the gap. she saw the need she saw the burdens that elisha had to have been carrying said i've got to do something about it started I, I again i'm assuming she prayed came up with a plan went to her husband and they and they and they executed the plan and became an incredible blessing to a man who desperately needed it and then number 3 we we saw the invitation we saw her character and then finally we see her reward. Jesus gives us his opinion of people like this woman. In Matthew chapter 10 verses 40 to 42 it says and he that receiveth you receiveth me and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth the prophet in the name of the of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward and And he that receiveth a righteous man uh, in the name of a righteous man shall receive the righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall uh, give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, ye shall uh, in no wise lose his reward." Okay, what is all this saying? Basically, what Jesus is saying here is what we talked about with the rewards. What motivations do you have? If you, if you, if you, if if your motivation is pure, then your reward will be over there. But what does he say here? If you, if you only receive, uh, well, let's see. Uh, let me pick one of these out. Uh, and he that receiveth the righteous man uh, in the name of a righteous man uh, shall receive a righteous man's reward. In other words, you'll get what you deserve. You'll get nothing. But if you receive a righteous man in the name of Christ, you'll get what you deserve. Does that make sense? Here we see this woman's motivation, I believe, to be Pure. In verses 13 to 14, Elisha comes up with three questions. And for time's sake, I'll just tell you what the questions are. The first one, he says, is what can we do for you? The second thing he says is, can we, can we go to the king on your behalf and request something? And in other words, if you want it, you can have it. If she had said, yes, I want that hundred acres right next to, uh, next to my house, he would have went and got it in the name of the king. Because when the prophet came to the king and said, hey, I want you to do this, guess what? He did it. And then the, the third, third thing he asked is, can I speak on, on, on your behalf to the captain of the host? So basically, the the person who uh, was in charge of that region at the time. Another, uh, you know, Again, basically, she could have had anything she wanted. But I absolutely love her response. Look at the last sentence. In, in verse 13. And she says, I dwell among mine own people. And on the surface, we, we look at that and we think, what does that mean? Basically, what she was saying is, she is perfectly content with what she has. I don't need anything else. So when Elisha says, hey, is there anything I can do for you to repay your kindness? She says, no, I'm good. And turn around and left. Then Gehazi comes to him and says, You know, uh, you're not the bright the brightest bulb in the in the in the in the house, <clears throat> but I wanna I wanna help you out here, buddy. Uh, she desperately wants a child. Elisha then tells her guess what you're going to have a baby. This time next year you're going to be holding a baby son. Now, why is that so important? Anybody? Okay, yeah, he was he was an old guy. In other words, it ain't I, I I love her response to this to 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 this as well. Cuz he he's you know, she looks at him and she's basically what she says is, "Don't lie to me." That's not funny. But let's talk about the culture for a second. What was indicative to that culture with a woman who was married that did not have any children? No power. Yeah, that, that she, it was it, she would walk through the marketplace and the other women would talk about her. You know, and you, 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 know, you understand the culture and you say, well, wait a second. You just got through saying she said that she was, she was content where she was. And, she, and I believe her that she was content. Now, does that mean she still didn't want a child? No. Absolutely, she still wanted a child. But how many times, see, and one of the things that I, I find very interesting about this woman is, even though she probably desperately wanted a child, she was content with what God had given her. And I'll tell you what, we can learn a lot from that woman. She was content, but Elisha, through Gehazi, figures out that she desperately wants a child. <clears throat> and, he, and he tells her. Now, as the story continues, because her, her story continues after this, and there's heartache ahead. There's heartache ahead. If you're, if you're familiar with the story, uh, you know what I'm talking about, but there's heartache ahead. And hope. And, hope. and promise. And fulfillment of, of, of love. You know, life happens, doesn't it? Every one of us is going to stand before the Lord one day and your works are going to be tried by fire. They will either be gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble. Now, let me illustrate to you that passage in 1 Corinthians. It says basically that we will be presented someday in the future with our rewards. And our rewards are going to be tried by fire. In other words, we're going to be standing before the Lord and He's going to hand us our rewards. And the picture that we have here is that we will take these rewards and we will stick them into a furnace of fire. And what we pull out is what we will keep and ultimately give to him. So why is wood, hay, stubble so important? Because it really means you've got nothing to give. And it all goes to the motivation. At the very beginning, I talked about the prosperity gospel preachers in our our country today, in our world. And they tell you, oh, if you give, I mean, one of these idiots, excuse me, yeah, he's an idiot, um, actually had the guts to go on television and said that he needed a new jet. Yeah, and he, already had like <laughs> yeah he, had, he already had two or three, but he needed a bigger one, because after all, I, you know, it's inconvenient to stop halfway across the country, for heaven's sakes. So, you need to give me money so I can buy a jet so then God can turn around and bless you. Is that how it works? Yeah. That's not how it works. We were given an incredible picture here tonight of a woman who stepped out of her comfort zone, recognized the needs of someone else, got burdened for those needs, came up with a solution to solve that need and then fulfill the solution. We oftentimes get so sucked in and consumed with our own lives, we fail to recognize the needs of others. Why do we do what we do? Your works, every one of them, will be one of the six things. When I first read this back many years ago, this passage in 1 Corinthians, I thought, oh, good, wood. I'll get a lot of wood. Well, unfortunately, I think I will. <clears throat> <laughs> What's your heart look like tonight? Do you do what you do for recognition? For for a pat on the back? For a, an attaboy? Or do you do what you do because you love God and you want to further the kingdom of Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so very much for your love, for the works that you do in our lives. And Lord, what an incredible picture.